Welcome to History Class After Hours. I'm Joseph Barrow, and joining me once again today is Colby, and we are going to finish up the saga of one Shi Huang Di, Zhao Jing, or Qin Shi Huang, whatever you want to call him. Yes. For our purposes, we will call him Qin Shi Huang. Qin, oh geez, I already messed it up. Qin Shi Huang. There we go. Woo, early morning. Um, so a little bit of a recap, what we talked about last week. Um, he was born to a prince whose mom was just a concubine and she was in love with somebody else and then it got all weird and she had kids with a eunuch and one of the eunuch's kids tried or the eunuch tried killing him and then he got revenge and all that stuff uh, he unifies china during the warring states period and becomes the first emperor of china he'll um, survive several assassination attempts the weirdest one where a guy throws a a cone, just a, a lead cone, at a him. lead cone at him, and blows up one of his carriages. Then you had the blind loot player that tried killing him, and then he kind of completes the Great Wall of China. Well, today we're going to talk about his obsession with finding a mortal internal life, and then just kind of like his impact and all that stuff. So as Qin Shi Huang got older, he became more and more obsessed with finding the elixir of life. As a result, he would become the victim of many who offered him the supposed elixir. He's going to make several trips to an island called Jifu in search of this elixir. It was believed that there was a mountain of immortality on the island, and that's where you could find this elixir, and once you drank it, you were alive forever. Kind of like the Fountain of Youth. But it's in a mountain? But it's like on an island behind some mystical mountain somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Who is the uh, Spanish explorer that looked for the... Oh, I'm watching Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, was it DeSoto? It's the guy that went through Florida. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. Cortez? Yeah. No, Cortez was in Mexico. Was oh. it? Wait. I definitely thought it was Cortez. Yeah. I don't hear it there. There was a Spanish guy that was looking forward to Florida. He never found it either. Ponce de Leon. There we go. Good job, Eli, on the research. Uh, Chin would leave several inscriptions on stones that can still be seen today. <clears throat> During his second visit, he would write, Arrived at Fu. During his third visit, he wrote, Came to Fu, saw an enormous stone, and shot a fish. Sounds like a fun time. After failing to find the elixir there, he sent court sorcerer Zhu Fu to sail away and find the elixir with hundreds of men and women and the mystical Pingle Mountain. So they, they thought, in Chinese mythology, the mountain is where they thought like immortals lived. Um, everything on the mountain seemed white, while its palaces were made from gold and platinum and jewels grew on trees. Oh, wow. Sounds like a good place to go on vacation. But now, I would have to think with my short experience teaching economics, if jewels are dropping from trees, are they really worth anything at that point? If no one else has them yet. Yeah, that's a good point there. Uh, there was no pain or winter. I like how the two are associated with each other. Snow equals pain. There are rice bowls and wine glasses that never go empty. There are fruits uh, that can cure any ailment, and they can grant eternal youth and raise the dead. Even though they didn't find the island, 
Rumor is that Zhufu found Japan instead and named Mount Fuji as Pengle. So there you have it. That's how where Mount Fuji comes from, I guess. Uh, Shin Shui Hong would then return to Zhufu after nine years had passed, and Zhufu still had not found the elixir. He was becoming more and more paranoid and desperate to find eternal life. So trying to save his own life, Zhufu would tell um, him that herbs of Pengle could surely be obtained, but a gigantic fish monster was blocking his way to the island. Good thing he practiced earlier. Mm-hmm. He argued he needed more men. We would like to request that a skilled archer be assigned to accompany us. Um, Chin Shi Huang would pick up a crossbow and offered his own services, saying, I'm a skilled crossbowman. I can get the fish. That's probably not what Zhu Fu wanted. He's like, oh, no. The, the boss man is coming with me. This wasn't part of the plan. Um, so he is obviously going to panic, knowing that there was no sea monster. Luckily for him, a whale popped out of the water, which he identified as the monster. Chin Shui Hong will kill it, and that is why you get that second engraving in the stone. Came the Fu, saw an enormous stone, and shot one fish. So there's actually evidence that that happened. Some historians now believe that uh, Chin Shui Hong's book burnings was an attempt to force scholars to find the elixir basically saying that, um, one, you're dedicating all your time to learning. You need to be figuring out how to make an eternal potion for myself. Also, he thought it was an ultimate test to see if they had magical powers and if they would rise from the dead. Kind of like the witch hunts where, like, we'll throw you into a lake. And if you, if you float to the top, you're not a witch. Uh, he was also very superstitious. And he had tunnels built at each of his 200 palaces because he believed that evil spirits would not be able to see him underground. So they're only, they're bounded by like certain physical limitations, but not all. Correct. They can't go underground, I guess. I think, I think old uh, Chen Shu Hong is kind of losing it a little bit here as in his later life. In 211 BC, a meteor is going to fall. Um... Um, and an unknown person inscribed on it, the first emperor will die and his land will be divided. When Chen Shui Hong heard of this, he sent people to investigate the prophecy. No one would confess, to all the, uh, no one would confess um, and all the people living nearby it were executed and the stone is going to be pulverized. But while touring eastern China, he would become seriously ill and die on September 10th, 210 BC, so not very long afterwards. What's going to kill him is mercury poisoning. One of his medicine men had been giving him mercury pills, thinking it would give him eternal life. That may also explain why he's kind of going crazy. Yeah, yeah. Ever hear of Mad Hatter's disease? Yeah. That's mercury poisoning. So they used to form hats with mercury, and so the guys that were like making the hats always had mercury poisoning. It's just not a character from uh, Alice in Wonderland. So, <coughs> Chin um, did not like talking about his death, so he failed to prepare a will. So basically, when Chin Shui Hong died, there was no one like in line to step in power. Uh, so his prime minister, Li Si, became very worried that um, empire is going to erupt into civil war. So he had died about two months away from the capital, and Li Si believed that if word got out about his death, there'd be no way to stop an uprising at the capital. So he decided to hide the emperor's death. Only Chen Shui Hong's youngest son and a couple of eunuchs knew of his death. 
Lisi also ordered that two carts carrying rotting fish be carried immediately before and after the wagon of the emperor. That's because it's in the summer, he's been dead for two months, and they're just keeping him upright in a carriage, and they have to mask the smell. Mm. That's got to be pretty putrid. They also pulled down the shade so no one could see his face, changed his clothes daily. Oh, that had to be a horrible job. <laughs> it's all sinking, golly. Oh. Brought food, and when he had to have important conversations, they would act as if he wanted to send them a message. So after two months of travel, they eventually made it back to the capital, Xinyang, where his death was pronounced. Typically, his oldest son, Fusu, would become emperor. However, there's a plot to stop this. Li Si and the chief eunuch, Zhou Gao, conspired to kill Fusu because Fusu's favorite general was Meng Xin, whom they disliked and feared and thought that maybe he was going to make a run on power. So Meng Xin's brother, a senior minister, had once punished him, and once again, they, they're fearing that he's going to make a run on power and um, try to, like, seek revenge. Um, so Li Si and Zhou Gao forged a letter from Qin Shi Huang saying that both Fusu and General Meng must commit suicide. Oh. The plan worked, and the younger son, Hui He, became the second emperor, later known as Qin Er Shi, or second generation Qin. Uh, Qin Er Shi, however, was incompetent, and the country soon broke out in the Civil War, much like the prophecy said within the comet. So one of uh, Qin Shi Huang's lasting legacies is going to be the Terracotta Army. Uh, so he's going to be extremely obsessed with the afterlife, and he wants a tomb that resembles his life on Earth. So he begins building a mausoleum for himself soon after becoming emperor. It's said that 700,000 men are going to be used to construct it. However, that number may is disputed by historians. There's not a lot of evidence that supports it. Um, but the mausoleum is going to take 38 years to complete, and it's under 220, a 224-foot mound. Um, so what it is is literally you're going through the Chinese countryside, and then there's just a hill that doesn't belong there, and there's a guy buried underneath it. Um, the ma mausoleum was modeled after the Qing capital in Xinjiang and is divided into inner and outer cities. In all, the circumference of the tomb is five and a half miles. Holy cow. That's big. So that would mean what? What's, oh, no, we're doing math again. So from the center of the tomb, does that mean two miles, two and three quarters miles, any direction? Circumference? Circumference is like... Uh, so it's five and a half miles from any point? Wait, what? If the, if the circumference is five and a half, uh -huh. um, then you have to do a formula to find the radius. Do I need to use pi? Yeah, I think oh, so. Okay, we're done. Yeah, no. It's no a long problem. way away, though. <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff in this tomb. Welcome to History Teacher Tries to Do Math and looks like a fool. <laughs> All right. So descriptions of the tomb includes replicas of palaces and scenic towers, rare utensils and wonderful objects, there's a hundred rivers made with mercury, representations of the heavenly bodies, and crossbows rigged to shoot anyone who tried to break in. Um, so, from my understanding is, literally there's a complete model representation of China within the tomb, and they got rivers that are actually flowing, and those are mercury. And then if you looked up on top of the mausoleum, it's like all the constellations and stars. 
That'd be cool. And I don't know how they lit up, but they were like lit up. So it looked like you were there at night. Um, there's unnaturally high mercury levels in the area, which suggests that these descriptions are true. However, no one knows for sure, as the tomb has not been unearthed and all the workers were executed. Wow, that was nice. Tough. Build me a tomb and then I'm going to kill you, much like the Egyptians. Uh, so guarding the emperors in the afterlife for the Terracotta Army. Ooh, that was a fun one. You've probably seen pictures of Terracotta Army. Yeah. It's like every world history book ever. Yeah. The little, cl- the little clay figurines, they look so happy. <laughs> so a collection of 6,000 clay figures armed with chariots and with, armed with over 60,000 bronze weapons. Um, so that is, he's putting a, quite a substantial amount of money in there, but I got to think back to episode one. We kind of talked about this. Why did uh, Chin have the advantage in war? What type of weapons were they using? Do you remember? Um, because they had crossbows, right? They had crossbows, but they were also using iron swords oh, at that point. Right. So yeah. I'm wondering if these were all like the leftovers because they had moved on from bronze. That makes sense. Uh, what makes this truly amazing is the fact that each statue is unique and suggests that each was modeled after a single individual. So literally they had people standing there and clay people. Is there a special term for people that make things with clay? A sculptor? Sculptor, there we go, that's probably a better one. So a sculptor is out there making lifelike figures of these things. That's why we've got Kobe here. He makes up for my incompetence. All right. Uh, so statues were also found of bureaucrats, cranes, swans, ducks, musicians. I wonder if it was the musician that tried to kill him since he was such a big fan. Real horses, though, were buried with statues of groomers kneeling beside them. Oh. How did the horses get the short end of that stick? We're going to make clay representations of everything, except the horses. You will be buried alive. Uh, Today, only a small portion of the tomb has actually been unearthed, and like Chinese archaeologists are still slowly trying to open up piece by piece of it. Now you can go see it. I would like to go see that. And they were on tour recently. I think they're at the High Museum. I want to go see it. That'd be cool. They, They bring them out every so often, and they're like, come see our statues. All right. Um, so in Chinese history, Qin's legacy is dis- difficult to grasp. Uh, he made many changes to China that were to his, its benefit. Uh, you may think people loved this, but they did not love Qin very much because of his harsh rules. Remember, he was a legalist. He thought all people were pretty much morally corrupt and that he had to have strict laws in order to contain, control them. Uh, he was constantly moving from palace to palace because of the many assassination attempts. Revealing his location was considered a crime, which resulted in death. And even though Qin made many great changes that China benefited from, people still thought of him as a tyrant. That's why his uh, tomb is going to be burnt down after he dies. There's like a massive like riot, and they pretty much just burned the whole complex down. And that's why no one like was able to find it until like the 70s. And then there's some farmer out there like hand plowing a field. He's like, what's this? Whoa, it's a man made out of clay and a horse skeleton. Oh. Oh, poor horses. Uh, so once again, after his death, he's going to be despised. Uh, this is probably the result of Confucianism taking over the country and his checkered past with Confucian scholars. Remember, he buried them all alive. Yeah. And he didn't really like them because they, they thought. That's, the, uh, that's Yeah. Yeah, normally, normally people that r- rule with a strong arm or a strong fist, they don't like people that think. 
Those are normally the first ones to go. Think about it, like Stalin. Yeah. Ed- educated. Hitler took out the educated. Castro, educated. Probably uh, Kim Jong Sung, Kim Il Sung. Yeah. So under the rule of the nationalist in Shanghai Shek back in the 30s, he was seen as a national hero. But when the communists took power, the Marxist critique of him was negative once again. However, this opinion would change once again when Maoist scholars looked at him in a positive light. Modern scholars have credited with him being the founder of the first police state. So you're even like in modern history, when people go back and look at his legacy, it's, it's going all over the place. It's like horrible. Well, he was good. Horrible. He was good. It's all based off of perspective. So even though it's hard for scholars to agree on his legacy, there's one thing that they can probably all agree on, and that's ingesting large quantities of mercury will not give you internal life. It will actually do the opposite and make you think you're fighting a giant sea fish. So that is the tale of Qin Shi Huang, first emperor of China. Hope you enjoyed it. Please join us next week. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to Mission History, the show where we talk about the funny, ridiculous, and awesome people, places, and events. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share it with your friends. If you want to know more about upcoming events for the History Club, please visit www.starsmillhistoryc.wixsite.com forward slash 2020. Until next time, stay curious.